Hey everyone, this is Noor and you're listening to the Radical Contemporary Podcast. In this episode, I speak to Lino Mioli, the son of iconic photographer, stylist and cultural producer, Mary Paul. Born and raised in New York City, Lino is an artist, filmmaker, disc jockey and actor who has traveled to over 70 countries. He is primarily a coveted international DJ. Lino has been invited to grace with his talent, private events, galas, and parties for some of the most iconic individuals, such as Prince, Kenny Scharf, Grace Jones, Maison Valentino by Vogue for Venice Biennale in Italy, Snoop Dogg, Gypsy Kings, Africana Burn, and more. As a creative producer, Lino was commissioned as director of photography for brands such as Dior, Moosey, Disney, Beats by Apple, Joy Rich, and Patricia Field. Above and beyond his artistic service, his angelic work extends into worlds of philanthropic support as Lino has assisted to help raise over 600,000 euros for the Leonardo DiCaprio Foundation in 2016. I met Lino in Cairo through our dear friend Mona Hamdi and we managed to get a recording in on his second trip to Egypt after five years. And now to my conversation with Lino. I'm here with Lino at Taimur Studio in Do'i in Cairo. And this has been kind of a serendipitous meet cute, let's say. And I'm really happy that he agreed to be on my podcast. So my first question for you is, what was your first creative memory? I'd say, you know, I, I grew up in a very artistic environment through my mother, who's, who's an artist, uh, filmmaker, photographer, and she went to the Beaux-Arts, which is one of the greater art schools in France, Le Beaux-Arts, in uh, Nantes, actually, because they have them all over France. So I grew up doing a lot of, like, you know, crafting with my mom and collages and drawing. And so, like, my earliest one, that's, that'll be, a t- that's, like, tough to say, you yeah. know, to, like, really reminisce and go back to my first one, but... Do you feel like it was kind of an undercurrent in your in your childhood and your upbringing, like the aspect of creating stuff and and observing that process? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But my family definitely gave me a lot of creative freedom, you know, Okay. Um, a lot of um, tools, I guess, right. a lot of uh, blank canvas and papers to, to, to do stuff on and it's funny you ask that because my mother always goes back. She keeps everything. Okay. Like she kept every drawing probably from my earliest one. So she, she would probably could be able to pull it out. Like, oh, you want to know your earliest first creation? This, this is it right Literally here. Literally. Yeah, yeah. I love that. She, I love when parents mm-hmm. are careful enough to observe their yeah. kids and figure out what makes them inspired mm-hmm. and keep it. Because I think maybe one day you might even ask that and like want to see it, you know? So what got you started as a DJ? Because mm-hmm. like that's that's the first thing that I kind of knew about you. And I listened to some of your music through SoundCloud, which is fantastic. Mm. It's kind of a roller coaster. Yeah, it's mm. all over the place. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's colorful. And I yeah. don't know how to like say it otherwise. But so what what got you into that sort of scene? I guess the opportunity sort of fell in my lap. I, I grew up around it as well through my father being a DJ mm-hmm. in the 80s and very involved in the house scene, 
collaborated with a lot of artists back then, like Moby, Frankie Knuckles, just to name a few. I sort of grew up with turntables and vinyl in in the living room in the house in his in his studio. So from an early age, again, like with with art and creating, the DJing sort of fell in my lap. Yeah. You know, I was like finishing high school in Paris and looking for a, a means to make money too, mm-hmm. you know. It was a source of income and I immediately realized like, whoa, I can actually like travel and make money and yeah. DJ and play music for people and, and create set the, the vibe. vibe. Yeah. So it was like pretty special. It is pretty special. It's a, it's a, it's a gift. To, it's a privilege to be able to control a room and a crowd and... Yeah, so my my father, I guess, sort of paved the way for me as a DJ, you know? I think that's so interesting because I think one of the thir- first things you said to me was, well, what I do is essentially set the vibe in the room. And I and not a lot of people maybe think of it that way mm. as a privilege. That's interesting. I think it's it's such a monumental part of anyone's experience if you're going out and if you're looking forward to having a night out. It is the thing, you know, the music. Yeah. So um, letting go, releasing, dancing, letting, just letting go, being in a room, you know, we're, um, we're primal beings in the end. So we need to enjoy and have fun and, and let go and just, you know, exactly. (laughs) So how did you find your sound, your people? I'm sure eventually you, you kind of zeroed in on like a group of people that were essentially, in love with your sound and I'm still searching for that sound and my people are with me. Like I would say my, my tribe, (laughs) you know, and, um, the more I work on myself being my most authentic self, the, the, I'm going to carry a certain vibe. And with that vibe, I'm going to attract my tribe. You're always building up your tribe because you're always kind of building up your vibe. So your tribe can change. But, you know, when you realize like, whoa, this is my tribe. Mm-hmm. This is when a lot of um, the dots start to come together, like start to connect a lot of things. And yeah. your sound eventually will just find you. You know what I mean? It'll exactly. just come to you. So I, I believe in that. Yeah. And it's dynamic. What was an iconic moment in your career mm. playing mm. music? What was like a, a day or a room or oh. that you Cannot well, forget. I got to play for, I mean, almost any celebrity you can imagine was in the room while I was DJing in, in the over 10 years, a decade of being in, this, in the scene as a DJ, you know, all around the world. So like the who? most iconic person, <laughs> I can name so many of them, but the, for me, one of the greatest moments, probably the greatest moments in my career as a DJ was when I got to, when I got hired by Prince by the legendary prince to basically uh, he he had privatized the club which I was a resident in in Paris at the time I was 19 years old whoa <laughs> yeah 19 years old kind of just starting to dj and um it had been djing for like a year or two so I had my craft together but he had heard me the night before on a weekend and I hadn't even known that he was there at the club listen, you know listening to my set and then the next day the manager of the club, she called me and she said, hey, you know, Prince was at the club last night and wants to privatize the club. And he specifically asked for you to DJ. So I was like, what? You mean Prince? Like, <laughs> like not like a 
you know, like, like, a, really? like the prince, <laughs> you know, or a prince. Or, yeah, no, the prince. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, I, sh- I showed up, and he was there. He came with his with his small crew of friends, and and um, I got to meet him. I got to you know provide the the music for him. He asked for um, some James Brown, and then eventually asked me to play some of his music. And then, because um, you know, you never know, like. Is it okay to play that person's music? Do they want you know, you do to? Do they want to? Mm. So I always kind of wait for them to. If if they really want their own music to be played, then they'll come to the DJ booth and ask. You know, interesting. So I always I don't really just go into it like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, some artists don't like it. That's yeah. why. Prince clearly loved it. He wanted he wanted to hear his music in the, in the room. He asked me to play Kiss. Whoa! You know the yeah. you know, the song. He leaned into his uh, his date of the night, this beautiful, tall, curly-haired woman who was like, I mean, almost twice his size because Prince is a very small guy, short guy, which I'd never realized until I met him. Of course. And he was wearing these huge heels, <laughs> like not your average heels, like <laughs> really like, um, oh, like eight-inch heels or something. Um, and he leaned in and played the song Kiss and he leaned into his date and he gave her a kiss and they had, you know, um, it, it was a really like just visually like it's something I could never forget, you know, just Prince dan- dancing to his music right and in like, right in front of me, like a couple of feet away from me. And that's iconic at 19, like you, yeah. it's I, kind of a moment that people would wait a long time for, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that yeah. I got the chance to um, even meet him. You know, he's not even. Yeah, he's not even around anymore. I think that's actually fantastic. Like that's out of this world. Do you feel like moments like these sort of shape your career? Do they inspire you to keep going, or are there just like instances that you cherish and you're like on to the next thing? You know, those moments they do definitely push you to go further and to perfect your craft. It gives you that little boost of motivation in many ways. You know, it's like. Oh, mm. I just met Prince. Like he could have also offered me to be his tour DJ mm-hmm. to go on stage with him, you know. And he felt like you should do that. And I think sometimes you always need like these, these kind of like these people that you respect to tell you what you probably know already. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. You're the son of iconic photographer and stylist and creative Mary Paul, who I now follow on Instagram because <laughs> <laughs> I was. I just did a full stock and Mm -hmm. was blown away. Everything. Styling Madonna like a virgin. Photographing Basquiat Mm -hmm. and Andy Warhol, which who I think took your baby pictures. I'm not sure, but yeah. (laughs) So having a mother that kind of like had this massive role in shaping pop culture, club culture, fashion culture, as we know it today, like did that actually influence you in a way to make sure that you sort of are inspired from her work? Do you, do you guard any of it? Or, or did you just take a completely different path, you know? Mm. My mother's always been um, a major supporter of mine and always there to help me push further. And if she could or knew somebody in the club scene that who could give me a gig in, you know, in the yeah. beginning of my career, she would totally make it happen. And she's uh, definitely my number one supporter. And uh, yeah, I mean, she inspires me every day. Yeah. Definitely. The scene that I grew up in, the the music that I was exposed to from a young age, with both my parents, because it's kind of rare, you know, that both parents are. Your father's are, name are, is Gigi, right? Gigi, yes. 
and he was a DJ, played all over the world, you know, and my mother was in, in, in the business, worked a lot in, in, in music, styling, art. And so obviously music is, is a part of, is a part of it. It's a part of the culture. So yeah, the music that they were playing around me as a kid and the music that I grew up with is not your average music that most kids my age at listen the time to. listen to, you mm-hmm. know, like Liquid Liquid or Blondie or Fab Five Freddy or all these people like The Clash. And I think it's know, a taste um, or like a sound that had you not had this kind of connection yeah. with it or you you might mm-hmm. not have tapped into that like I think definitely it's, not yeah, yeah yeah I had a more refined taste when it came to music and even exactly when I started DJing I wasn't playing all the the commercial top 40 hip-hop which at the time was like 50 uh, cent in the club you know like everyone was doing everybody that. was playing the same yeah. music so I couldn't have stood out and, yeah and stood true to my my background my, yeah. my upbringing my um Unlike, musical background. Yeah, and, and just doing things that are unlike anyone else and just yeah. not following the trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not following the trend, mm. exactly. Mm. Always staying true to yourself and... Which can be know, hard. What resonates with your spirit and your heart. It's really important to follow your own heart and, and not so much follow the trend, mm-hmm. you know? You yeah. Because you can set your own trend. Exactly. <laughs> and the know? thing is, I think a lot of people don't, they don't think that mm-hmm. it's hard to do that. It's, it's very it's hard. probably the hardest thing. It's very, very hard. Yeah. But it starts with being your most authentic self mm-hmm. and working on that because it takes work to become your most authentic self. So, yeah. What made you want to do like a 180 and, and sort of distance yourself a little from that scene and, and go on a different path? Because like when I met you, you, you said to me, you're like, oh, I'm, on, I'm kind of on a, mm-hmm. on a different path. Mm-hmm. What was kind of like the moment that was or like the series of moments i guess well i was doing it for over 10 years mm. it started in 2008 like as a like a career mm-hmm. you know and really doing it you know and at one point i was doing it like six nights a week like seven nights a week Whoa. which is like a lot yeah, you know, yeah for a young kid which i had more energy back then but it got very draining, you know. Seven and nights a week is crazy. Like yeah. that's that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like that all the time, but there were there were definitely months right. where it was like seven nights a week. Right, so, right. So yeah, you were working hard. I, I didn't. I wouldn't say like I got burnt out because a lot of DJs can get burnt out. A lot of people who work in that realm of nightlife can get quite burnt out. But right. I also I, f- I found an opportunity and a way out and and a means to to create and a, a, a different source of income and a different passion. You were brave enough to pivot, like you felt like you needed to yeah. to make a shift, and so you decided that you'll you'll go there. You'll and you you know you always have that. You always are. Mm-hmm. The and DJ. I can always I can always oh. go back to it as well. You know. A question I wanted to ask you was: How did you begin? after doing all of this at such a young age, like DJing, art, film, the club scene, music, it can get you a bit scattered, I guess, in a way. So how did you begin to sort of reconnect to your spirit, your soul, your consciousness? I feel like your energy is really fantastic. And even when I met you, you're the kind of person where immediately like you just feel a sense of, calm in a way but I'm sure it took a while to get to that point do you remember sort of a pivot Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, working in that realm of nightlife was a lot of fun, but it can be quite numbing in a mm. way, you know, alcohol and drugs and it's everything. There's so much around, there's so much going on and it, it can get quite a lot of distractions. It's hard to, to focus. And I always wanted to, when I was, when I started DJing and, and traveling a lot as a DJ, I wanted to do other things like film and art and explore other creative paths. I didn't really had the time. It wasn't, I was always traveling. I was always right. on a flight in a different city. It's hard to focus when you're constantly just in a different you're city moving. all the time. You're yeah. always moving. So what made you stop for a second? I needed to just sort of pace down. I just kind of, I just listened to my, my, my spirit, my body told me I needed to take a break. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, during that break, I was able to explore my spirituality, you know, to work with shamans. And I got the, the opportunities to sit with plant medicine as well, which opened up my, my eyes to a lot of things and made me aware you know, meditation and yoga, I found a healthier path. I realized like, whoa, I was really in some type of matrix um, <laughs> back then, you know, it was kind of, a, it was kind of like a matrix. It was an illusion that I was living in, you know. But you were, you were like happy with it back then. I like was happy at the time and I made some great connections, but it wasn't who I was. It wasn't where I was meant to be. And I, I realized that one day and it's um, a profound, found a more profound, enlightened um, path of, of a version of myself that um, I, I can really tune in to. And uh, I think it takes a lot of courage even to tap into that because it takes a lot of work. Like if you decide to go down that path mm -hmm. and kind of restructure your life and yeah. and tune in and it isn't, it's not like this thing that happens snap overnight, you know? Absolutely. And like what parts of yourself to keep and what needs to like go to make space. And this is one of the things that I really enjoyed, like mm -hmm. when I'm talking to you, because I mm -hmm. feel like you really intentionally are doing that, I guess, mm -hmm. which is really brave because I think a lot of people just stay in the matrix. And then I don't know what happens after that, but <laughs> it's like a... It's a little hard to get unstuck, I think. Yeah. yeah so you, you're you a New Yorker. You moved from New York, though, to Ojai, right? No, I moved from New York. I'm, I'm definitely a New Yorker, born and raised in New York on Bleecker and Broadway. Wow. NoHo, Manhattan. So, yes, I am, I'm a purebred, true Yorker, born <laughs> at NYU Hospital on 23rd Street. So from New York, I actually moved to Miami Okay. for a year. I did a, high, a year of high school in Miami. I lived with my dad and then I moved to Paris from there. Hmm. And I spent about three, four years in Paris. And then I had the opportunity when I was 19 to go to Tokyo, to Japan as a DJ. And I was supposed to go for one month on a residency and I ended up staying for six months and then those six months turned into seven years. That's <laughs> insane. So, That's wild. Yeah. From Japan, from Tokyo, I ended up moving back to uh, the US. I, I moved to LA okay. for, for an opportunity. And then from LA, I'm, I moved to Ojai. It's been about a year and a half that I've been living in the mountains of Ojai off the grid. <laughs> I You described to me briefly this life and I think it's it's... 
kind of the exact opposite of what it everyone is the else. exact opposite you're telling me like small town mm. quiet mm-hmm. green. It's, it's what i it's what i needed yeah you know after doing what i was doing for 10 years i needed to be more grounded i needed to to get recentered and to find a place of peace mm-hmm. find a place of calm where i can really just tune into my myself and listen to myself and my you know spirit and really just uh, focus and there's also you know well while while we're here we get so caught up in really like trying to make it you know reaching and going for success but it's good to pace yourself there's no rush like mm-hmm. you know it's good to have these moments and and uh, just ground yourself and I'm you know I'm 31 years old my parents are always like, oh, when are you going to do this and that? And some people are like, oh, you're still doing this. Like, come on, like, you got to find a career. You're going to be like this, that, you know. No, it's okay. There's like, there's a time and place for everything, you know, so. Well, that's a, that comes from a place of trust, though. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you got to that place. I yeah. think it's just that we're never fed that narrative. I went on your profile. I read your bio. It says, which means eternal love, I think. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think that's actually, if you're operating from like the sense where you're okay with being multidisciplinary, with your, you're okay with being a DJ and a creative and a producer and yeah. an artist, like, do you ever feel like you need to pick one talent? No, I, th- I thought that, but yeah. it's okay to, to just do other things. So some people, they have different talents. So, you know... A lot of people would say just stick to one, but some people are actually, they, they're not able to. Mm. They have to do other things, whatever it is that they feel called to in the moment to make a film or to paint something or to, you know, make an album, go in the studio and work with some musicians and right. know, create music. And yeah, I feel like I can do all those things because it's, you know, I'm capable of it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm privileged enough and I have the connections and the resources and the tools to, to do all that. So yeah, I feel like I, I can, you know, and, and like this idea of like focus and whatever, like yeah. I think fine if, if that is your as thing. As long as you do it with good intentions and, you know, you do it with love and you care and it's, there's no reason why it shouldn't reach where you want it to. You mm-hmm. know? You're also quite invested in like, well, climate crisis, you've done a lot of work to help kind of that cause. I think maybe when you live out in nature, does it always, does it, is it kind of always at the forefront of your mind or? Well, I'm extremely more than ever, you know, <laughs> in these last three, four years, uh, more connected to nature, very yeah. connected to um, the planet and the universe. And I grew up in the city. So there's a lot of frequencies. It's chaotic. It's hard to like, you know, think. And I've realized that my happy place is actually in in nature. Wow. And I really connect with the plants and the animals and your dogs. You know, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very empathic. So I, I feel a lot, and I feel that this planet needs healing. It needs, it needs help. It needs assistance. It needs like we need. We're here for a reason in this time to to heal the planet. To really come up with solutions and. And ways to you know create a better future for children for the for the next generation to come you know yeah so I sometimes feel like whatever I do in my creative projects I feel like it needs to somehow give back or make make an impact you know make this world a better place and I think that obviously 
well, we're here now for a reason. And we spoke about that the other day. And I thought it was interesting because you visited Cairo, you visited Egypt, sorry, like five years ago. And now you're back in Cairo and you told me that it came to you. You felt called to come Mm -hmm. back. And I told you that it's a very specific time in Cairo, in our country's timeline right now. Mm -hmm. Like this is the where essentially the beginning of civilization, as they say, started Mm -hmm. here, right? A lot of changes are happening here. And I want you to tell me like, why did you choose to follow that Mm. sense? Because, yeah. Well, I think it's really important to follow your intuition, your, your gut, your feeling. Like if you have that feeling, that urge to do something, I think it's so crucial, so important in one's journey to really follow it because it's your angels, it's, your, your higher self, your spirit giving you signs, giving you signals to go, to do that thing, to right. go there, you know? Yeah, I felt really called. I felt guided here. And I'm glad I did, you know? Because look, look, otherwise we wouldn't have had this conversation. Exactly. I wouldn't have been able to meet everyone Time here. Would and you know? me. And I yeah. think it was so, I think it's so interesting because um, our paths crossed in a very interesting way. And and you you visited the pyramids on a full moon in, in October and everything does happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I always usually like yeah. to ask my guests, what's next for Lino? Like, what's next <laughs> for you? Do you know? Oh, that's a hard question. I, I don't know. But I know that I'm filled with extreme gratitude and love and joy. And I'm, I'm really, um, I'm in awe of this culture and uh, Really feel really blessed to be here in this in this country in this holy land. I can't wait to come back. I can't wait to explore more more parts of Egypt. It's Amazing, truly, truly a blessing to be here. It's divine, divine timing too. Like you said, it's uh, really special. Yeah. Well, we're waiting for you. Hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nora. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, shoot me a text, or direct message us on Instagram at Radical Contemporary, where we'd love to hear your feedback and the topics you'd like to listen to. Also, you can check out our website, www.radicalcontemporary.com, where all of our content is available. Finally, we'll be hosting a new guest every week, so stay tuned.